Chicago, Illinois is reported to be one of the most diverse cities in the United States. It's also one of the most segregated by neighborhoods. So how might a church reach its community with such diversity yet division? One neighborhood at a time, Missio Day is doing just that, and we'll learn about it on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. I remember my trips driving from my house to my office when I lived in Chicago, and I would um, go through several different neighborhoods on my morning commute, and I would pass through neighborhoods that had um, supermarkets on on the corners that everything was written in Spanish, and then you'd go into the next neighborhood, and uh, you'd see Polish writing, and as I would drive through, I would go through um, handfuls of diverse neighborhoods. And Chicago is made up of more than 200 neighborhoods, it's said, and 77 community groups, um, as divided by the University of Chicago way back in 1920. It is diverse. From Hyde Park to Lincoln Park to River North to Bridgeport and even Logan Square, where I used to live, each neighborhood has its own personality and needs. This is where Miss Day steps in. Meet Dave Van Winkle, pastor of the Uptown location, Dave, it's great to have you with us today. I'm really glad to be here. Dave, maybe you can start by telling us a little bit about your neighborhood in Chicago and what needs are most prominent there. Yeah, so we I live in Uptown. Uh, it's a beautiful neighborhood on the north side of the city, right on Lake Michigan. Uh, it's really famous for its entertainment, uh, specifically music. It's got great jazz. It's got big theaters. It has you know, a ton of concerts. Um, it's one of the most diverse neighborhoods in the city of Chicago as well. There's diversity in race and age, uh, socioeconomic status. There's a ton of mental health issues. We have five or six different nursing homes. Um, and because of that, there's a ton of basic needs, uh, you know, food and housing. Um, there's a lot of addiction. There's a ton of people that experience loneliness. And, and there's also gang violence. Well, you pastor a church that's located right in the middle of all of it. What does your church body look like? Uh, we just had a vision to really reflect the neighborhood and our uh, community as much as we could. Uh, but right now, our, our church family reflects that diversity just beautifully. Uh, we have, you know, if you came on a Sunday morning, we'd have a dozen or so people in wheelchairs uh, that have physical disabilities, mental disabilities. We have um, people that live under bridges and tents. We have people that live in shelters. Uh, we have people that work at McDonald's and social workers and teachers and accountants and engineers. We have ex-convicts and, uh, you know, people that, uh, you know, don't have jobs. We have uh, state's attorneys. Uh, we, have, we have it all, I guess you could say, <laughs> in our church. A lot of churches uh, try to reach out to a different people group than they have inside of their church body. And you just listed off a whole string of um, different people groups with a different set of needs. And I'm wondering um, how your church went about being intentional to reach your block and how you go about serving a community that's that diverse. Well, I think it's hard. I mean, everyone, to be part of a church where everyone has a different kind of cultural background and history, um, everyone sort of has to give up something. 
But I think at the core, what you're you're asking people to do, and what we've tried to do, is cultivate a culture of uh, of people from all different backgrounds that are committed to just simply being good neighbors, um, loving people, and building relationships with people that are around them first and foremost. And I think that's probably the most beautiful thing to watch is just how many people uh, honor people that that we see that they matter to God, um, whether they have. Uh, different color skin than we do, or the rest of the world declares that they don't have as much significance. We, you know, we believe that they do. Programmatically, we do all sorts of things. We have, we do a mentoring program at a local uh, elementary and middle school. Uh, we throw birthday parties for local families at shelters. We help people get housing and furnish their apartment uh, apartments when they get them. The thing that's cool is just how many people participate in that. It's not just you know me and a couple other leaders. It's just like a whole our whole church believes in and just kind of loving and and as as best we can owning our our block. You know. How has your neighborhood responded to this? You said people inside of your congregation, everyone sort of has to give up something. Um, in that community to kind of become this group together. But how does your neighborhood respond to that? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I mean, if you try to keep as good a pulse as you can, but it's, I, through a lot of hard work, I mean, just during community parties and, and being present as best we can, I, I think we have just a really amazing reputation in the community. Uh, we regularly get asked um, to put events on and partner with the alderman's office, the local parks, schools, um, local businesses even, you know, to, to put on different events just because we have a reputation for wanting to uh, bring good things to the community. You know, we obviously are Christian, and, and they know that, but, like, they know that we are, are for the good of, of the people and the good of the neighborhood as a whole. And so we have people that you know, really want nothing to do with Jesus or have been pretty beat up by the church in the past that I think feel welcome, and even if they don't or, or wouldn't come to church, um, they respect and admire um, our, our people and the church as a whole. Um, I mean, I think for us it's really important. Most people in an urban context won't set foot in a church. You know, I think it's like 7% of people say that they're Christians in Chicago, and, and often, you know, it's going to take years of, of relationship building and building people's trust before that would ever change, before they would ever step foot into a church building. So our job might be just to take them kind of one step closer to Jesus and just, um, you know, just, just not have a, an agenda necessarily, but just to, like, love them as Jesus has loved us. That's a staggering number. It's a huge mission field. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone has a different number, but that's the number of that I've been. That, yeah. like, that people are committed Christians. You know, there might be people that have like religious backgrounds that would right. say in a poll that they're a Christian or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. as far as like committed to going to church and, and yeah. being uh, active in their community, so Missio Day seems to have this this really different heartbeat that truly focuses on the neighborhood um, and the people that they're um, placed in the midst of. Why do you think such an emphasis has really come to the top for your church? And how have you seen it develop in your time there? I think just the heart of our church and the desire from the very beginning was to, and this may sound really simple, but as best we can, you know, follow the way of Jesus. Um, We didn't want to exist for ourselves. Um, We wanted to take the words of, of Jesus seriously. Like, do we really believe what he says? That when he says, you know, whoever loses their life for me will find it, and we believe at the core of our beings in our church is that nothing is going to give us a greater 
know, fire in our bones than giving up our lives for the sake of other people. And so four years ago, like our vision was to start a church for people that you know, no one would typically start a church for, to deeply care about justice and mercy and to humbly represent Jesus to our community. And so that's just really what our focus has been and what we've tried to do. It attracts people that want to be part of something like that, you know, and it attracts people that maybe haven't experienced, um, you know, that, that the radical nature of, of God's mercy in, in the ways that um, our church has displayed through, through its people so well. So I wonder about you and your faith, and I want to I want to ask you what it is what it is about your faith and your journey with being a Christian that's led you to this place of reaching out to your community through your church body. I'm not sure that I like how it's all worked together and how God's kind of led me to this place. Um, I had great a great family. Um, my parents were the first Christians in their family, um, and they just always um, talked to me about how, you know, every person matters to God. And so I think for me, you know, what we try to do at our, our church isn't, like, special. It isn't, I don't even know if it's unique. I think it's just a Christian, and that's what the, the church was created to do. And so, um, like I said before, I think we've modeled our church as best we can after the way of Jesus and caring about people that Jesus cared about. Um, the social outcasts, the unruly, uh, you know, the quote-unquote sinners, uh, the poor. And I think for me, the the foundational belief is that, you know, I'm just like everybody else, like a a beggar before the cross and in need of God's grace and His mercy. And um, and if if we're all, we all see ourselves in that place, then we can really speak about and um, and live out the reality of God's extravagant, you know, grace and forgiveness and love for us. And mm-hmm. if that's kind of your posture is that you're no different than anybody else, the fact that a lot of the people that we often think of as worse than us uh, are, are truly probably better than us, um, then we, then like that, that changes our position, the way we think about the world. Um, so like for an example, you know, we have people in our church that, um, They've been homeless and uh, been trying to get a job for months. And you know, one guy in particular, I'm thinking of it. He just landed a job after about nine months of praying for and doing interviews and applying for jobs. And he commutes two hours each way, works eight hours for minimum wage, and then on Sunday mornings he comes in and gives you know forty bucks every single week out of mm-hmm. out of like the pennies that he has. I mean, he has you know less than a couple hundred dollars to his name, and he's giving away you know, pretty much all that he has in his wallet each week. And I just like, that's just so humbling, you know, to recognize, like, I don't want to part with my resources and my time. And and here's this guy, you know, sacrificing everything just to make a few dollars. And he's willing to give that back to the church and give it to those that are in need. Um, So I I just think there's a profound impact that when you start to um, try to give up your life for other people, that they actually impact you probably more than, um, than you even do it yourself. And so I think that cultivates this inner longing for, for more of that. Well, these are exciting stories, and I can hear the joy in your voice as you talk about ministering in that um, context. And I know that um, there can also be moments where things get difficult or tiring, and I wonder what it is that keeps you going week after week. You know, I think that... Um, I, I don't want to give it like a false sense of like that there's just always joy, you know, that I, I do feel empty a lot. I do feel 
discouraged and depressed and, and lonely and frustrated, and ministry is hard, and to pretend like it's not, I think, is giving people this a false sense of like what it's going to be like. But I still believe, and I think what I experienced in my own life is that you know, I serve and and Christians serve out of the overflow of our life with God. And so um, I, it seemed to me like in the early church that the people really did experience the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives, that they were regularly filled, um, you know, like given courage and uh, dared to do great things because they were abiding in Jesus. And, and when we seek God, we will find Him, and when we seek Him with all of our hearts. So I'm a bit of a, like, mystic in that way. And so just, I think that for me, it's if if I am pursuing God with uh, my life and my and my time and all that I am, like God will uh, fill me up. God will um, you know pour out His His um, His uh, presence in my life, and I, I can truly experience God. and And so I think that you can do that through you know times of prayer and times of uh, you know reading God's Word, but you just as much experience that when you're pouring out your life to other people. Um, like that may be the, the area and, and times in my life where I've experienced God the most is, is when um, I've been able to uh, to um, kind of just live out my faith for, for the sake of other people. Dave, what word of motivation would you give to someone who's ready to step out and put their faith into action, but they just need a word of encouragement to do what God's calling them to do, to to put that faith into action, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think the, the first thing, you know, is to um, pray for courage uh, to do something. I think sometimes we get, we're afraid of what it, what it means to like step outside of our lives and, and to do something. And the second thing I do is I start by asking the question, like, what are you passionate about? Um, and if you aren't passionate about anything, maybe pray for passion for, for something. <laughs> Um, find an issue of justice or cause that you think about um, on a regular basis and would love to make a difference in that area um, and find someone that's doing it and, and just start helping out. Um, I think, I mean, like, this is just my understanding is that I get kind of tired of people saying, you know, like, you, could, you know, I'm, I'm going to change the world. And I think that sometimes we think everything has to be something just spectacular and you have to have this perfectly clear vision of what it's going to look like to, to serve Jesus over the next, you know, however many years of your life that you have and, uh, or um, you're going to do something that's going to change the world. But I, I personally think that that's a little bit of, of, of nonsense, you know, uh, and I think it, it just puts these expectations on people that are impossible to live into. So I think it keeps us, um, kind of held in in our fear instead of doing anything we just live in that fear and so i think the easier thing to say uh is to before i start is just to care uh, about impacting maybe one person maybe it's our next door neighbor or our friend you know at work um to me and i think that the belief of our churches is that if you like begin to love that person and just sacrifice for that person like that is a life-changing um way of living your life, and you're going to impact that person. Um, and so, like, for our church and for the individual, we're just trying to love people and share Jesus with our block, and to me, that's big enough, you know? I don't think uh, we're not going to—you know, there are people that impact the whole world, um, and, but I think that we're just called to, to impact the people around us. And so um, I think it's just knock on the, the next-door neighbor, bring some cookies uh, to, to their house, and to start building a relationship. Um and I think it, it usually our passions and, and what God wants to do with us uh, begins there. 
Well, listening to you, your passion for your community and and the people that you serve is contagious. Um, Hearing how you serve your community has inspired me today, and I know that you've inspired others as well. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Uh, It's my pleasure. After the resurrection, Jesus left behind a community of believers to faithfully carry on the message of the gospel and put on a personal daily display of God's power and love to those around them. They shared their lives, their struggles, their joys, their victories, and their failures. They gave freely and lived courageously. They caught a glimpse of the Savior and the beauty of His love that compelled them to leave everything to follow Jesus. What if we did the same? What would happen if the church would rise up in bold, Christ-centered living and giving and serving one individual at a time? We too could transform the world one neighborhood at a time. That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.